everyone. I would like to extend a very warm welcome to Swami Mukundananda and uh, Mr. Ashutosh Garg. I am sure I speak everyone's mind when I say this will be a riveting exploration of spiritual enlightenment, Indic wisdom, and holistic living. This conversation commemorates the success of Golden Rules for Living Your Best Life by Swami by Swamiji. Now I'll begin with Swamiji's introduction, the man who doesn't require one, but I'll try my best. Swamiji is a world-renowned teacher of spirituality, yoga, and meditation. He has pioneered a holistic system of yoga known as Jagadguru Kripaluji Yoga. As an international authority on mind management and a best-selling author, Swamiji has been a guiding light for millions worldwide on the path of everlasting happiness and fulfillment. Today we have amongst us Mr. Ashutosh Karg. Ashutosh Karg is a renowned entrepreneur, author of best-selling best-selling titles such as The Corner Office, How to Survive Failure and Come Out Stronger, and many more. We are awaiting another title from him at Rupa Publications this year. He's also a storyteller and his podcast, The Brand Called You, inspires many with stories of successful entrepreneurs, leaders, and change makers. Golden Rules for Living Your Best Life is a wholesome holistic guide that integrates spirituality and teachings from the Vedic scriptures to elevate one's life. Now, I would like to request Mr. Gurk to share his thoughts on the book. Thank you, Priyanshi. Um, you know, I, I got the book from you and I read through the book and it is such an amazing book. You know, when we talk of inspiration, success, gratitude, there are so many different things that we will talk about with Swamiji today. And I must say, I first got to thank uh, Swamiji for agreeing to speak to me, to Rupa for inviting me to have this absolutely amazing once in a lifetime conversation. And I'm really looking forward to talking to Swamiji. Thank you so much, uh, Ashutoshi. The privilege is entirely mine. So delighted to be speaking to a wonderful host like yourself. I too would like to express my thanks to Priyanshi from Rupa Publications for arranging this discussion today. So Swamiji, uh... You know, I've, I've had a chance to read your book, but before I come to your book, I wanted to ask you a question I am sure you have been asked many, many, many times. And just before we started recording, you were telling me you did your internship with Hindustan Unilever after IIM Calcutta. So what was the reason or what was the motivation for you to give up corporate life and go become a monk? Ashutoshi, the reason was precisely the same as what is motivating you to do these podcasts after retiring from your corporate career. Okay. The need to connect with a higher purpose. Hmm. So the mere idea of earning money as a consequence of my education was not satisfying enough. And uh, my internship, like you mentioned, was at Hindustan Leavers. And uh, I found the corporate environment to be very artificial. Mm -hmm. 
mm. where the employees did not truly care for the organization, but we pretended to. And the organization actually did not care for the employees, but for what they contributed. They pretended they did. Mm. So this artificiality was suffocating me. Mm. And after completing my MBA, when I started working, that was at Tata Burroughs, it was the beginning of the IT industry. I would ask myself the question that, is this all my life is worth mm. to work hard to increase the profits of a corporation? There's a much higher purpose to it. Correct. Correct. And by then, I had uh, come in touch with divine knowledge, mm. which made me realize my connection with the whole of the universe. Mm. So to realize the absolute truth for myself mm. and to help others with divine wisdom, mm. I understand. Amazing. Amazing. And before I tell, you know, ask you the next question, you said Tata Burroughs. I think there again, there was some parallel between our, I was moved uh, after four years in ITC to the information systems division. And we got the first B1900 computers from Tata Burroughs. Mm, uh, interesting. Isn't it? So, but coming now, Swamiji, to uh, religion and spirituality. Many people think that religion and spirituality are only for those who are averse to material well-being. I'd love to get your perspective on that, on whether this is true, and if not, why? People say that because they have not really appreciated what is spiritual wisdom and okay. how it can add value to their lives. Mm -hmm. So they feel that spirituality is about going to a temple and offering prayers, or taking a jap mala and rotating the beads. And since they can't connect with these activities, mm. they feel that spirituality doesn't have a relevance to their lives. Mm. But there is there's so much that spirituality can help us with in our material sphere of activities. Mm. If we have our mind more under control, if we know the art of staying inspired always, mm. if we have learned how to look at the positive side of things and be happy, we will just be much better, mm. more blissful, and more fulfilled individuals, mm. all as a consequence of cultivating spirituality in our Well said. And therefore, what I'm hearing you say is that it is not necessary to build in symbols that we do have that, you know, you must be in a temple once a week or more. As long as there's spirituality in your heart, that is all that matters. Uh, Ashutoshi, actually what you're saying is right. Spirituality is an inner journey. The symbols, the rituals are just helpful practices mm. to help us inculcate it in our lives. Mm. The reason is that spirituality is a very subtle science. Mm. 
Mm. It's an inner practice. And that is why the vast majority are not able to connect with it. They need the support of external rituals, external traditions. Mm. And that is why the wise people, the great sages, they created all these systems mm. so that some practices could be passed down from generation to generation. Mm. So it is true that spirituality is an inner cultivation. The external practices can be adopted or rejected based on our own perception of whether they are helping us or not. Well said. Well said. And I also wanted to get your perspective, Swamiji, on Hinduism. Despite being the third largest religion in the world, why is it that the Western world doesn't seem to understand Hinduism and it continues to be an enigma for most Westerners. I think one of the reasons mm -hmm. is a shortcoming from our own side. Mm -hmm. Before I start blaming or pointing Absolutely. fingers, we have not done enough to bring out those spiritual gems mm. in our tradition, in our knowledge system. Mm. To some extent, Hinduism has impacted the entire world. Mm. For example, meditation itself. Correct. Very few people are now remembering the link. Correct. This word dhan mm. or meditation in Sanskrit, when Buddhism traveled from India to China. Mm. The word Jnan got changed to Jhan, mm. and later on it got modified to Zen. Mm. So this is a gift of India. Absolutely. Once again, mm. in the 1960s, when a number of teachers from India went to the West, mm. they carried with them meditation in a variety of forms, transcendental Correct. meditation, etc. And mm. slowly that has become part of the mainstream. Mm. So today, you don't find it astonishing if in a boardroom meeting, the CEO says, before we begin, let's engage in a two-minute meditation. Correct. <laughs> well said. This is India's gift. Very and cool. so also is the practice of yoga. Mm. We need to do much more. And we must also be lenient with ourselves. It's only 75 years since we shrugged off centuries of foreign rule. I know. And we are doing fine. But mm -hmm. as we bring out the, the wonderful knowledge mm -hmm. and the tremendous books and sciences that are mm -hmm. embedded in our Hindu tradition, mm -hmm. I am sure the world would learn to respect it more and to, to appreciate it. Well said, sir. And of course, you know, the other aspect I remember talking to someone, the whole world is now talking of the metaverse and the avatar. And I was telling them, avatar is actually avatar, which comes from Hinduism, you know, and you're so right. We haven't yet been able to communicate. But so right. <laughs> Yes, ask you this. Go ahead. No, you're asking. Please go ahead. 
Yeah, you know, this metaverse theory, which has now started being mooted in science, our scriptures have said it all along. It says, uh, the, the Devi Bhagavad Puran says, Sankhya Chetra Gisamastina Vishwanam Kadachana Brahma Vishnu Shivadinam Katha Sankhya Navidyate 5000 years ago, Ved Vyas wrote that you may succeed in counting the specks of dust on the crust of the earth, but nobody can count the number of universes. Mm. And each universe with one Brahma, one Shankar, and one Vishnu. That is the expanse of creation. Correct. So, so right. So true. Uh, I've got one more question and then I want to move to your book, Swamiji. You know, creating an amazing organization like the Jagat Guru Kripalu Yoga Trust or the JK Yoga must have been very exciting and challenging. What next for you? What next for me? To create a spiritual organization is a very rounded experience mm. because it, you are creating a community, creating an entire system. Uh, that nurtures all aspects of people's lives. Mm. So the, the organization has to offer a variety of things Correct. that people need in their lives, like culture, yeah. like festivals, like knowledge, like children's classes, youth programs, etc. Mm. So it has been a very wonderful experience for me ensuring that my my personality itself is well rounded <laughs> cannot afford to neglect any aspects of life hmm. but when you say what next see the nature of the spiritual aspiration hmm. is that you do your best and then remain ever discontented Mm -hmm. I have not done enough so far. I need mm -hmm. to do so much more. So I would love to think that what we have done so far is 1%. And in the coming years, we'd like to take it to the remaining 99%. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Swamiji. What a great response. So I'm now going to come to your book, uh, Swamiji, Golden Rules for Living Your Best Life. Let me start by asking you, what was the inspiration? To write this book? Ashutosh Ji, uh, the inspiration was to create a manual for life that people could refer to. Hmm. Because if we think of it, when you purchase a complex gadget, it comes with the user's guides hmm. where you can turn to for solutions. It's a one-stop resource for troubleshooting. Mm. Now, in the case of life, it's like being thrown into the deep end of a pool and being told, learn swimming. Mm. The difficult experiences are coming first and the learning is happening later on. Correct. So I wanted the wisdom to be made available, particularly mm. for the young professionals, for the students, 
the, the generation that is speaking wisdom. Hmm. And uh, another rationale behind it hmm. was the Pareto principle. Hmm. Now, I'm sure as a management expert, you have used that so many times. Hmm. Mr. Pareto, he stated that if you are selling products, 20% of your product line contributes to 80% of revenues. Correct. And if you have a spectrum of customers, 20% of the customers, they are accounting for 80% of your profits. Mm. So also it is with life. Mm. From all of the multitudes of areas, if you can pick out the most important, they take care of 80% of your life experience. Mm. So in this book, I have shared wisdom on five areas. Okay. The first is mm -hmm. health and wellness. Mm -hmm. The second is professional fulfillment. Mm -hmm. The third is relationships. Mm -hmm. The fourth is spiritual and emotional well-being. Mm -hmm. And the fifth is financial abundance. Mm. Very interesting. The other question that I also wanted to ask you was that I've often said that most parents, certainly in India and Asia, don't teach children it's okay to fail. You speak about success. So I wanted to ask you, how do you define success? And what are some of the principles for achieving success? Our, the way we define success is so important because it's the direction our life is going to take. If our definition is faulty, we'll be running on the wrong side only to realize at the end of life that what we were chasing was a mere mirage. And that is what happens so often, mm. as people say that to earn wealth, I sacrificed my health. Mm. And now to regain my health back, I'm spending my wealth. Mm. It becomes like the processionary caterpillars. Correct. You know, in India, sometimes in some of the states, we see these, they come out in the monsoons. Mm. And they attach each other, and they've got so many legs and walk. Mm. Now, if mm. you put six of them in a circle, mm. they will go round and round and round for a full yes. week without yes. achieving anything. Mm. So, when it comes to the definition of success, mm. the way I like to define it is like this the first is you want to do good. When you see your work is creating a difference, mm. even in the life of one person's life, mm. or maybe on a bigger scale, it mm. makes you feel good from within. Mm. That is the inner fulfillment, which doesn't require anything from the outside, mm. and which nobody can snatch away from you. Correct. That inner fulfillment comes mm. by doing good. Mm. Now, when you go about 
trying to do your best, we realize the biggest constraint is our own self. Mm. The better we become, the better we can do. Correct. And to achieve more, we need to have be more receptive in our thought processes, more self-disciplined, more knowledgeable, etc. We have to work upon ourselves. Mm. And that comes to the second part of the object's self-objectives, which is mm. to be good. Interestingly, when you strive to be good, mm. it is not even how good you are, mm. but the delta change for which you are struggling, mm. which gives the inner satisfaction. Yes, right. you know, I tried hard today. Mm. And the consequence of doing good and being good is that you feel good, which is ultimately the universal common desire of all humankind mm. to be happy. Well that said. is why at JK Yoga we have the slogan do good, be good, and feel good. Fabulous, fabulous. Swamiji, you also talk about practicing gratitude. How can we cultivate a mindset of gratitude in our daily lives? Ashutoshi, gratitude comes from the Latin word gratia, okay. which means to be grateful. Hmm. All of us lack so much in life. Mm. But at the same time, we have mm. all received many gifts which we are forgetting in our rush, in our discontentment, in our comparisons. We take what we have for granted. Mm. And the nature of our mind is to keep on thinking about what we don't have. The gratitude mm. is such a powerful emotion. It just mm. knocks out negativity from the mind. Mm. Uh, Martin Seligman, who is recognized as father of positive psychology, mm. he conducted this experiment with 47 clinically different patients. Mm -hmm. And the assignment he gave to them was that every day you will make a list of five things mm. for which you are grateful to. Mm. And the consequence was over a period of three months, he found that 93%, 94% of them were mm. able to pull themselves out of depression without mm. any drugs. Amazing. So it's like... Gratitude is the sovereign recipe mm. for positive thinking. Mm. And what we need to do is just positively reframe a situation. Mm. A very interesting example of that yeah. is of a nurse who was mm. working in an army hospital. Mm -hmm. So she was relating her experience with two soldiers who had mm. been brought there. Both had one leg blown off. Mm -hmm. 
One was full of woes. Oh my God, why did this happen? Why did the war take place? Why did mm. my colonel send me on the front? Why mm. did my comrade not stand by me? Mm. He was full of negativity. Mm. And the nurse related that the other soldier in the same mm. situation was full of gratitude. Mm. Wow, I should have been dead today. The mm. miracle of God that I'm alive. I'll be able to speak to my family members. What of this leg? The technology will enable an artificial limb. Mm -hmm. But I can still enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. So the nurse related, the situation was the same for both. Mm -hmm. The second soldier mm -hmm. was a master in the art of reframing it. Amazing. The silver lining. Mm. And that made all the difference. Fabulous. What an amazing story, Swamiji. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, you just told us about positive mindset and how we can overcome some of the negative thought patterns. But you also speak about self-reflection and self-awareness. Uh, help me understand how we can develop these qualities and why are they essential? for personal growth? Sure. Uh, Ashutoshi, all of us in this human experience mm -hmm. are bestowed with a lower nature and a higher nature. Okay. The higher nature mm -hmm. makes us aspire mm -hmm. for noble thoughts, and lofty aspirations. And then we have a lower nature which wants to be lazy, which wants to procrastinate, Correct. which has its pleasure-seeking aspect. Mm. So to, to really make the most of our human life, mm. we need to keep that lower nature in check. And that requires self-reflection. Where is this thought coming from? Is it from my lower being mm. or is it from my higher self? Yeah. Apart from that, in the rush of life, sometimes we put aside the bigger questions. Mm. What is the purpose of my life after all? Mm. What are my values? Mm. What are my ultimate goals? So when we self-reflect, we give ourselves the luxury of stopping a little bit, taking time out for ourselves in mm. solitude, where the world, the social media, the internet, the instant messaging cannot get mm. to us. Mm. And then we go within ourselves mm. through self-reflection, we mm. are able to appraise, where am I today? Mm. Where do I wish to be? Mm. And what is the plan I feel? What is my own personal strategy? Mm. Maybe for that, we need to reach out to people like yourselves with the brand called you. What mm -hmm. is my personal strategy mm. for covering this gap between where I find myself Mm -hmm. where I wish to be. Amazing, amazing. Such valuable 
inputs you are giving us. Uh, my next question to you, Swamiji, is about mental health. You know, we've all come out of the pandemic and a lot of people have been impacted. So I wanted to get your thoughts on what are some practical steps that can be taken to improve our physical and mental health. Yes, uh, Ashutosh, the, uh, this is an important aspect of the offerings of JK Yoga. Uh, as you may be aware, the system of yoga that I teach, the JK Yoga system, also called Yoga for the Body, Mind, and Soul, it has it. It is the combination of five sciences for holistic mm -hmm. well-being. Mm -hmm. The first is exercising. Now, this is so important, as we all come to know, when age starts increasing. The yogic system is so perfect and complete that it makes me astonished how well these ancient sages understood the human body. It provides us with flexes and stretches to prevent atrophy and keep the body fit. It mm. provides us with aerobics to ensure the muscle mass in the relevant places, not just mm. the biceps and triceps. It uh, gives us balancing exercises to reduce falls when we grow up. Mm. It gives us inverted postures for our mental health. Mm. And it also has the breathing exercises. Mm. That is for the micro health, the health of the 37 trillion cells in our body. Correct. So exercising is one aspect. The second aspect is the diet. Mm. There is a plethora of diets out there. Correct. The Mediterranean diet and the paleo diet, now the keto diet, etc. But I am a propagator hmm. of a very rational, well-balanced diet, hmm. where you understand that the body has a need for many nutrients, hmm. and the food, understand, it's a means for providing nutrition. Hmm. So you take a balanced diet. Hmm. Uh, in a short while, I will not go into detail, but one addition which will be very helpful mm -hmm. is to add laughter Correct. to our daily regimen because life is serious matter, hmm. but laughter can definitely lighten up the process. How wonderful. How wonderful. And, uh, uh, scientists have discovered that little child, little baby, mm -hmm. laughs 300 to 400 times a day. Wow. While we humans, mm -hmm. we um, reduce it 10 to 15 times a day. Mm -hmm. so if I was a doctor, I would make a prescription. Please add more laughter to your daily dose. Mm. And if it is not enough, you double the dose and triple mm. the dose. Mm. There is no limit to the refills. 
Fabulous, fabulous. And, you know, since you spoke about laughter, uh, the converse is what I wanted to ask you all about, that most of us go through very difficult emotions like anger, fear, and anxiety. How does one deal with some of these? Shutoshi, first of all, there are some simple strategies for handling these issues. Like, Mm. for example, anger is an immediate response Mm. in the moment. Hmm. where our right brain, which is responsible for the emotions, kicks in. Hmm. If we can just hold on to the response for a minute, refuse to open our mouth, it will provide the left brain with time to also kick in and Hmm. bring in some rationality. That is it going to benefit me? If I fly into a rage. So that one little minute of silence Mm. prevents us from making so many moves that we regret later on. Yeah, that's a little life hack for anger. Mm. When it comes to fear, fear is a physiological response that's hardwired into our brain for our safety. Hmm. So, for example, if you were walking in the dark and suddenly you saw somebody coming to you with a stick, fear would short circuit hmm. your prefrontal cortex hmm. and say, take immediate action in defense. Hmm. Hmm. The problem is in modern day living that fear is not of life threatening Mm. uh, dangers that come our way. Rather, it is more of an emotional danger Mm. or psychological threat, etc. So Mm. fear becomes dysfunctional, Mm. like the fear of closed spaces, etc. Correct. And The one life hack out here, the one strategy is systematic desensitization, Mm. which means Mm. you desensitize yourself to your fear Mm. one step at a time. Mm. That's the technique that Toastmasters uses because they say that the fear of public speaking is the second biggest fear after the fear of death. Wow. So what they do is that they Mm. desensitize people by saying, okay, Mm. go and speak for a minute, Mm. the next time, minutes, etc. Amazing. Likewise is anxiety. Mm. Now, anxiety is another form. Anxiety and stress are practically the Mm. same thing. Correct. Correct. And the world is battling this phenomenon of stress. Mm. Mm. So the question often comes up before me is, Swamiji, how do we manage stress? Right. I I take people to the wisdom of the Bhagavad Gita, Mm. which stated 5,000 years ago, Correct. Look, Arjun, do your best. 
Mm. But don't be attached to outcomes. Mm. Interestingly, what stresses us is not the hard work, but the attachment to the outcome. Mm. If somebody has a job interview, mm. now they're all stressed. Mm. And that's they realize it's not going to help them. Correct. So the reason for the stress is the attachment. What will happen? What will happen? What will happen? Mm. The, the Bhagavad Gita is telling us, look, it's not in your hands what will happen. Mm. The only right. thing in your hands is right. your effort. Mm. So do your best. Mm. As the saying goes, leave to God all the rest. Well said. Well said. And then, you know, uh, we also keep thinking of how do we make or find a deeper connection with ourselves and others and how can we build meaningful relationships? I have in my book pointed to Howard's study, which was the longest ongoing study. It started in 1938 and continued for 75 years. Correct. Where they they uh, got the sophomores from Harvard mm. and followed them for the next 75 years mm. to see how well they did in life. Mm. Some of them, they turned out to be presidents of the country like John Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Some of them even became alcoholics and derelicts. Mm -hmm. The study revealed mm -hmm. that the health of people's relationships mm -hmm. had the strongest correlation with their lifespan. It was naturally exercise helped in so many ways, mm -hmm. but ultimately if they had healthier relationships, they found more meaningful lives mm. and lived longer. Mm. And even the healthier relationships were connected with higher levels of income. Mm. So as the saying goes, that man is a social animal. Correct. And that is why we need to prioritize this. So Ashutoshji, very briefly, two points. The first is to be less selfish in our relationship. Right. Selfishness leads to expectations. This person should do as I want. Mm. This person should think as I want. Mm. This person should even understand my mind and respond accordingly. This mm. person should reciprocate my gestures. So behind all these expectations is our right. selfishness. Correct. And when they are not met, it leads to frustrations. Mm. So expectations are like premeditated frustrations. Mm. So if when we become more selfless, we realize mm. it's not all about me. It's it's about offering selflessly to the others. Mm -hmm. And the second is to look on the relationship as a bank account. Mm -hmm. So a bank account has its deposits, 
mm-hmm. and withdrawals. Mm-hmm. Likewise, in a relationship, the deposits are when you look at the other and smile, when you go out of your way to do something for the other, when you mm-hmm. sacrifice your own opinion in favor of the other or forgive mm-hmm. the other's mistake, these all count for deposits. Amazing. And withdrawals are when you force the other to do something they don't like, mm-hmm. or you censure the other person, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Now, for any relationship to be meaningful, mm-hmm. you, there have to be withdrawals. Like parents have to do withdrawals to really fulfill their duty to the children. Correct. But what people forget about is that they also need to make deposits. Mm. And when they are not depositing, the account goes into overdraw mode. Mm. Like, for example, consider this story. Mm. A husband and wife, they were newly married Mm. and all full of romance. They went out after dinner for a walk. And all of a sudden, mm. the husband put his arm around his wife and pulled her over. She said, what happened, darling? Mm. He said, there was a puddle of water in front. Mm. And the wife was touched. Mm. But then five years went by and the husband and wife were again taking an after dinner walk. Mm. He spotted the puddle. Hmm. This time, he no longer chivalrously <laughs> pulls her across. Hmm. He just announced, there's a puddle of water, be careful. Hmm. And then another 15 years went by, and they were again taking a walk. Hmm. The husband saw the puddle, and he shouted, are you blind? Can you not hmm. see? There's a puddle wow. ahead. Hmm. The mistake often a fatal mistake he was making was he had forgotten that any relationship is enlivened through the process. Correct. It's a simple truth to keep in mind. Very, very, very powerful message, Swamiji. You know, Swamiji, I can keep talking to you forever, but I had a time constraint. So I'm going to ask you my last question. And, you know, a little while back, you mentioned to me about meditation and how Meditation is really a gift uh, from India to the world. My question to you is, how can meditation benefit our lives? And how can someone start this on a regular basis? Okay, Ashutoshi, you have kept the, the deepest spiritual question for the last. Well, meditation is a tool that enables us to go within ourselves Mm. and to work on our own mind and intellect. Mm. Some of the benefits of meditation are, firstly, it helps us enhance our focus. Mm. Because the nature of the mind is to be scattered. And if we can enhance our focus, we just mm. become more effective. Mm. So meditation gives us that handle on the mind. Mm. Secondly, it enhances our self-discipline. Mm. 
because part of our lower nature is the pleasure seeking tendency so it's like mm. personality weakness i want a stimulus mm. why do people mm. become into their mobiles and social media it's the, the personality weakness i need pleasure and meditation helps us tamp it out mm. and enhance that muscle of self discipline mm. if we go into the field of devotion mm-hmm. meditation helps us connect with something higher than ourselves correct it correct helps us build our relationship with the universe with the, the source of the universe itself mm-hmm. then poetry meditation is a way of bathing our mind and intellect in noble amazing amazing meditation is not just about being thoughtless as many people understand it to be mm. instead you could be holding noble thoughts in yourself mm. and that is equally bonafide if not more powerful technique of meditation So now coming to how to practice it, this is the way I teach it. Hmm. It's called Rupa Dhyan meditation. Hmm. Our mind has a propensity to connect with form. Hmm. So whichever form you associate the divinity with, hmm. you bring it before you, and immediately the mind develops. a divine basis to rest upon mm-hmm. that you can easily connect with mm-hmm. and then you enliven the meditation by attributing qualities mm-hmm. of kindness of of uh, giving of of knowledge to that object of your mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. and you can even in in our indian tradition we have the past times of the lord so you can sweeten your meditation further by thinking about going into wonderful past times it is so interesting you know the the indian in the indian culture when mm. the ramayana first came on in the 1980s it broke all records and then during the covid times when it again came on tv again and mm. broke all records that cultural aspect is there where we connect with the set of past times mm. and we can use those also in our mm. meditation amazing so very simply okay. this is the technique of rupyan meditation fascinating fascinating and on that note swami ji thank you so much for speaking to me about your own incredible journey Thank you for speaking to me about your book Golden Rules for Living Your Best Life. Thank you for really clarifying so many different topics ranging from success to gratitude to you know talking about mental health to talking about how we can handle anger, fear and anxiety and also talking about how we can create a deeper connection with ourselves and finally telling us a little bit more about how we can meditate better thank you again so much for speaking to me 
and uh, I'm really grateful that you took the time. Thank you, Swamiji. Oh, Ashutoshi, thank you for your kind words. The pleasure was all mine. I enjoyed every bit of the conversation. And thank you so much for having me as a part of your program. Thank you, Swamiji. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.